All right, everybody, welcome to the Ty Lopez Show. Or you can just call it the show. I don't know if it has to have my name in it. We're talking about all kinds of crazy stuff like Republican debates. I've got special guest, Bianca. She's former Miss California Teen USA, so she knows Donald Trump. Not oh, really, yeah. but a We're little besties. Bit. We go way back. <laughs> <laughs> and we're going to talk about... Uh, Block what Netflix is doing, trying to get their foot in the door of the movie industry. We're gonna talk about a little bit of basketball. We're gonna talk about this book here. Today's book of the day, Beat the Crowd by New York Times bestselling author. How you can invest, how can you, how you can out-invest the herd by thinking differently. So we're gonna talk about finance and money. Okay, we're gonna talk about this new little thing I'm doing, I'm trying, which is a daily charity act. It's pretty cool. You guys can try it. Tell me if you like it. We're talking about $1.6 billion that three people won. Sylvester Stallone. Talk about Planned Parenthood and abortion. Woof. Woof. Don't say I, I shy away from tough subjects. How you feeling, Bianca? Good. I had Bianca go through the whole book. Did you see some cool stuff in there? I did. And she, I'm going to make her teach the finance stuff. Are you ready to do that? We'll see. She's a little shy. <laughs> she goes to UCLA. Tell them what you're doing at UCLA. I'm a political science major. So um, that's why I brought her in for the politics section. Yeah. Yeah. And my uh, concentration is in international relations. So. Sweet. Cool. So let's start up by talking about, oh, and the lesson of the day. I got a lesson for everybody. I just spoke at this conference earlier today and somebody asked me my number one piece of advice for life, what I wish I knew when I was 18. So I'm going to talk about cutting the learning curve, some techniques and how important that is and the curse of being a slow learner. Anybody here feel like they're a slow learner? If you're watching, I'm going to tell you this, do not take pride in that. If somebody ever calls you a slow learner, take it as serious as somebody saying you have bad breath. You don't want to be called a stinky person and you definitely don't want to be called uh, a slow learner. It's kind of like stubborn. A lot of people in the world pride themselves on being stubborn. I'm like, uh, do not pride drink. That's like a dude walking around and be like, you know, Ty, a lot of girls I go on a date with, they, they say I really smell bad. I'm like, that's horrible. Somebody said, Ty, Bianca is distracting me. We're streaming in. For those of you listening to the recorded version, I'm streaming this live on Facebook, Periscope, and Meerkat. So if you ever want to watch the live behind the scenes in the garage, um, you can pop in on those and see. So let's jump right in. Republican party presidential debate debate is today. And uh, so you're a political science major. If you had to vote today, who would you vote for? You know, I was just thinking this morning, I was like, there is not one candidate that has really captured my heart. Um, okay. And that kind of makes me sad for this election because I think half the fun about elections is that they're inspiring and they give the country hope. So, so you're not too inspired. I'm not. I'm, I'm a little disappointed by this year's candidates. <laughs> I feel like every can every four years people are disappointed. I think at the end of the day, Donald Trump is an aberrant, like he's this completely new phenomenon, love him or hate him. Mm -hmm. It's pretty crazy. Let me talk about this. So Rand Paul was not invited to the main debate. So he started his own event on Twitter. He hosted on Periscope and called it the Rand Rally. And you could, it was a fundraiser and you could give money on Square. So for all of you wanting to know cutting edge stuff, right there, there's three cutting edge things. Whenever life takes away your options, which a lot of people feel, um, a lot of people that I know are like, dude, I don't have cash. I don't have a college degree. That's all like me. When I started, I didn't have a college degree. I didn't have a car. I didn't have a house or even an apartment. And so what I realized is there's a way to take your own destiny in your own hands. And the more tools you have, which in the modern world, you have so many tools. He used, he, he started his own event on Twitter. So each person here, if you get your Twitter game down right, whatever you're trying to promote, you can start things when you're normally shut out of them. Number two, hosting it on Periscope is like your own TV show. You're literally alive, just like the presidential debates. I think they're live, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So you can now do live stuff on your own. And then third, it used to be hard to collect cash. You used to have to have banking account mids, all this complicated stuff. Instead, now you can just 
do that Jack Dorsey company, the founder of Twitter, he made another company called Square. So it's a kind of a cool world that you can do that. And whenever I meet people that are like, you're gonna, each of you watching this, I guarantee you have a friend. Do you have a friend like this? That's always the victim. Mm-hmm. And they're like, it's conspiracy. There is the Illuminati <laughs> runs the world. Can you think of a friend like that? I, I think everyone definitely has a friend like I don't that. have many friends like that because I get rid of them pretty quick. <laughs> They're done. I, I, in farming, you call that culls. Culling a cow means you get rid of that cow. So, um, not that my friends are cows, but that's the analogy. Ty, we got a live periscoper asking, Ty, can I get her phone number? I don't know. You're going to have to ask her. No. Sorry. <laughs> You're going to have to improve your, your dating game, man. You can't be asking girls out without them seeing who you are. Let's switch to this book of the day. All right? We talked a little politics. It's called Beat the Crowd. If you don't know who Ken Fisher is, he's a fairly famous investment advisor. You see him advertising. I used to be in this business. I started a company like this. And uh, it's still I sold it. When I moved to California, I moved it back. To, I sold it back to my business partner. We started at 50-50, and we managed money for people. And somebody said, Ty, can I get your phone number? No. That was an even harder one to get. Okay. Oh, thanks. <laughs> Ouch. Didn't come out right. Didn't come out right. Negative brownie points. Negative brownie points. I just I, I lost points here. Um, so contrarian investing. That's what this book is about. There's a good quote in the opening of this book. For those of you, just remember, the wealthiest people in the world and the people who have most financial independence, they call themselves investors. So if you look at the list on the Forbes list, uh, you almost always find that it's investors that are at the top. So uh, what is a contrarian? So he starts out by saying, why Wall Street's definition of a contrarian investor is wrong the foolishness of conventional wisdom and the true contrarian's gut check. So I have a friend, Bianca, from he lives up in Silicon Valley, and this dude makes a lot of money. We're talking, he's got a company that does about a million dollars a day in revenue, 500 to a million dollars. And he is a contrarian. So whenever he finds out everybody is excited about something, he goes, that thing's gonna fail. So when everybody's, whatever's hot, he moves away from because there's too much competition. So the, the, the central thesis of this book is how you can be a contrarian in what you invest in. And I'll give you a perfect example. I got a question for you. I'm going to test your skills. I know you're a political science major, but we're going to now ask you an economics question. Okay. What business in the United States, according to the book The Millionaire Next Door, has created the most millionaires? Hmm, that's hard. Um, just guess. You'll never guess it, but just let me see what your best guess is. I want to immediately go to like finance or technology. Okay, so this is self-made millionaires, by the way, not billionaires. Billionaires is a different answer. Okay. For millionaires, because it's not everybody going to be a billionaire. Okay, that's kind of a tough one. But millionaire, it is dry cleaning. Dry cleaning. <laughs> now, is that contrarian? <laughs> Is that you? And, and now you can find the reason, like this book talks about, beat the crowd. When everybody goes down one path, it creates a tremendous amount of competition. It increases supply. And if there's not enough demand, then what happens? What happens? I don't know if you study this in political science, but the basic theory of supply and demand. If, you, if all the houses go up for sale in Miami, this actually happened. I remember back in 2008, people were jumping off buildings, committing suicide when I was there. And why? They had built 50,000 units of condo complexes in South Beach. And there was only like 20,000 people wanted them. So when 30,000 are sitting empty, then all of a sudden the price plummets because people have to try that want to sell are like, ooh, will you buy it for 100 grand? No. I got five other options. Okay. 70. And the price goes down. In Las Vegas, I remember in 2000, around eight, you could buy a house for 10 grand. Yeah, well, there's like ghost towns that are still in Vegas and parts of NorCal that they built thousands of houses and there's no one there to buy them. Exactly. So what happens with uh, when it comes to being contrarian, the the, one of the reasons being a contrarian increases the odds that you'll be successful is 
there's simply the math to support you. There's not as many people competing with you. A lot of people, if you watched, what did Tony Soprano do? Anybody remember what business the Sopranos were in? The Mafia show, the HBO show? Remember? Did you ever watch Sopranos? I did not. What? <laughs> Bianca, come on now. You got a, the, the greatest HBO, the one that started all this Game of Thrones stuff. I know, I know. What did he start with? Anybody know? Come on, all you live people, give me an answer here. Drug business, no. He was, they were in a garbage business, man. All these mafia dudes were garbage men and butchers. That was another one, remember he was a butcher? I think he also owned a strip club, but we'll leave that one out. Waste <laughs> removal. And once again, how many of your friends grew up going, dude, the way I'm gonna make my money, I'm gonna get into waste removal. I'm gonna get into dry cleaning. I'm gonna get into opening a butcher shop. The answer is almost none. And so that's contrarian when you go that way. And that's when I started in my business, my first business was in farming. You know many people that are like, my first business on farming, I went a completely different way. The other way that I went different, I got into finance, but instead of picking the stock market, I was selling boring stuff like life insurance and annuities and more conservative stuff. And there was nobody, I was worked for the biggest company in the world for a little while, GE Capital, and I was, the, I was like one of the only people on the whole internet in a country with 300 million people. That's the advantage of being contrarian. So, very powerful tool to keep in mind. So that, we'll come back to this book. Next, let's talk about sports for a second. Jimmy Butler from the Bulls scored 53 points, setting a career high in an overtime comeback victory over the 76ers. They barely beat the Sixers? Woo, <laughs> Sixers suck. You like basketball? You like basketball. Yeah, I grew up in a basketball family, so I didn't have a choice. I got the best Jimmy Butler story. I kid you not, about three months ago, where my office is, there's a restaurant. And I was with somebody and I was talking literally about Jimmy Butler. Cause I, I got a good, I got two good Jimmy Butler stories. One was at the Playboy Mansion and this other one was walking down the street. So I'm walking with somebody and I'm telling him, oh yeah, I was just talking to Jimmy Butler at Playboy Mansion. I turn around and there's a sports bar where you could see in and Jimmy Butler is sitting there. He doesn't even live in LA. For all of you who believe in the secret and manifesting, do you believe in that? I, I, to extent, yeah. Power of positive thinking. <laughs> well, this joker magically appeared in LA. I'm not making this up. But the funnier story is I go to the ESPYs a couple years ago. You know what the ESPYs are? Mm -hmm. They're like the Academy Awards of sports. So I go to the ESPYs, then I go to the, af I get invited to the after party. One of them was at the Playboy Mansion. I go to the Playboy Mansion, I walk in, and I, you know, I played basketball at one of the biggest high schools one of the top schools in the U.S., Enlow in North Carolina, Raleigh, North Carolina. So um, John Wall, I see him there. So John Wall played at my rival high school. He played at Broughton. I went to Enlow. A lot of pro guys came out of my high school. Nate McMillan, Jerry Stackhouse, even Chris Paul was in that North Carolina deal. So I'm not playing my mansion. I'm I go to John Wall. I was like, dude, I played at Enlow. And he wouldn't believe me. He's like, I don't believe you. And I'm like, yeah, I was with Lavelle Moulton and Cameron Hunter. And he's like, I knew the name, so he's like, okay, I believe you. Then I turn, and here's Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler's a big dude. He's probably 6'7", 6'8". And there's these two women talking to him. Ditsy blondes, I found out later. I walk up to Jimmy Butler, and I saw it, these two women. And I went up to the women, and I was like, oh, you guys like basketball. And the girl goes, they're like, why? What do you mean? And I'm like, you're talking to Jimmy Butler. And they go, oh, you play basketball? And I'm thinking, ladies. You're at the SB's after party with a six foot eight dude wearing like a tracksuit. You don't think he's an athlete? So I didn't say that, I just thought that. Then, so Jimmy Butler, I said to the girls, I was like, oh yeah, that's Jimmy Butler. And I'm thinking all this in my head. And I go, this dude's, he's a good player. And Jimmy, he goes, what do you mean I'm good? I'm fucking great. And he was just joking. But at first, I didn't know if he was serious or not. I thought I was about to get knocked out. Point being, if you want to be successful in life, you have to have a little swag to your step. So when people just say you're good, you got to be able to be like, what are you talking about? I'm great. So is that a dumb story? No, it's a great story. And it, it's funny. I've had many conversations with friends how when guys have a little swag, it like really puts them over the edge. You like a little swag to a man? Yeah, it's, it's interesting. I think everyone likes a little swag. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I like it. Well, Jimmy Butler got the swag. He scored 53 points. Let's talk about a something 
charity. So today, if you are on my Snapchat, you saw uh, I've been starting this. I've done this before, but I've never filmed it because I've had mixed feelings if you should film your charity stuff. One, you know, some people, and already when I posted this on Instagram, it went viral and there was a lot of love and a little bit of hate and the haters are like, dude, why you have to post? Because I went to a Food for Less, which is like a, in Inglewood. So it's kind of in the low income part of LA. And, which is, I'm from that area. I'm from Long Beach, which is kind of the ghetto. Um, so I was there in Inglewood and I went to a grocery store. It's a Foods for Less. Is that what it's called? Food for Less? And I just walked in and there was a, a woman with a single mom and she was paying. And I just said to the cashier, I said, I'm going to pay her bill. So I paid her bill. She, could, she wouldn't believe it. She's like, this isn't real. Is this a trick? And I'm like, yeah, my mom was a single mom. You know, um, so I know it's hard to make ends meet sometimes. Let me help your bill. Let me, let me help you out today. And she goes, she, she said, uh, what'd she say? She said, oh, yeah, people don't believe God exists. There it is. There's proof. And so when you do charity, I'm sure each of you do charitable things. I think that now some people, when I posted this, some people said, why are you doing that? And I said, why are you posting on your Instagram? And my mind immediately went, what normally gets posted on Instagram? Selfies, food, blanket, you know, useless, weird stuff. What if the whole world all of a sudden 10% of all social media posts were people competing with each other? Who cares if it's ego? People, one guy goes, oh, that's ego. And I said, well, maybe it is my ego, but that lady feels good today. And that lady's helped out. So whether I have an ego or not, this isn't a, from her standpoint, it's irrelevant. So I think that there's nothing wrong if you're doing it. And, and at the end of the day, you know, one guy wrote me this long thing. He quoted Jesus Christ where Jesus Christ said, don't let your right hand know what your left hand's doing. Are you Christian? Yeah. You grew up Christian? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I said to him, I said, yeah, but Jesus also. First of all, I said, I wrote him back in the comment on Instagram. I said, first of all, Jesus said that. Are you Jesus? Number one. Number two, Jesus also said, do not judge lest you be judged. And Jesus also said, remove this, the log from your own eye before you start taking the speck out of other people's eyes. So maybe what I did was not from perfect intentions, um, but I'd rather start a movement of every day, people on this call here, you, pay somebody's coffee, Starbucks, if you don't have a lot of money, post it on Instagram. Worst case, one of your friends will get an idea and they'll do it and it'll be like, did you ever see that movie with Kevin Spacey? Uh, what's it called, pay it forward? I did not. You gotta see that. I gotta update you I on know. all these I movies. live under a rock. <laughs> Bianca. So I think that, I don't know. I'll leave it up to you. I don't know if I did the right thing or the wrong thing, but sometimes Joel Salatin used to tell me, when you don't know what to do, do anything. Sometimes anything's better than nothing. So I tried, you know. I she's think when an action is good, the intentions don't necessarily matter. Oh, when okay. action is bad, then I think that's when intentions play a larger role. Ah, so we're a little bit in philosophy majors would have a crazy, because <laughs> that's called utilitarianism. So let me ask you a question. We're going to get a little philo philosophical here. For all you watching, and I'm going to ask this to Bianca, she's going to be your representative answering. You are hypothetically up in San Francisco. There's a train coming, or anywhere, Chicago, there's a train coming. You look in the train, and there's all these children in the train, and the brakes let out. So the brakes are about to... These kids are about to crash and all die, 100 kids. In front of you is an old woman. She's 90 years old. Is it ethical to push her in front of the tracks to stop the train? Now, this is a little bit morbid. Some of you might be offended, but <laughs> listen to the intent. This is a classic philosophical question because it forces you to answer hard questions in your own life. What do you think you would do? What would you do? Would you let the kids die? Would you push the woman who's innocent in? What's your take? Well, lucky for you, I'm in a class called Can We Make Moral Judgments? And I kid you not, two days ago we were discussing this same exact problem in class. Wait, lucky for you, not for me, because well, you are prepared. <laughs> lucky for the audience. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so the teacher had all of us close our eyes and kind of vote, and she presented different scenarios. And... Um, 
And it's funny because I guess, like she, the three different scenarios were, if one, you can like change and move the tracks, but you're not actively, like if you're like the, if you're the train driver. Okay. Um, so you're not actively like putting anyone in harm's way. Like you can move okay. the tracks. And it was, the situation she presented us was there's five track workers on one end and then one on the other. Okay. So you can push the button to, you know, hit one instead of five, but you're not physically touching anyone. Okay. And the next one was you're on up above and you can push some, it was the same exact one and you can push someone in the way. And the number of people that would do it dropped because they're more actively. Oh, so people didn't want to actively be pushing old women. Yeah. In. But if you could, without push a button, it would happen. You would be okay with it. Yeah. Huh. Somebody said they, Alorexis on Meerkat said, I would push myself. That's another option. And that was the third option okay. was would, if there's no one else around, would you yourself jump? in the yes. way of the train. And it's funny because I guess studies say, you know, the percentage of people that would do that drastically drops, but in the class I was in, it was pretty consistent. Um, it actually went higher than pushing someone in the way. Was jumping yourself? Yeah, so I guess people in that class Now I'm gonna call bullshit <laughs> because in real life, I believe people will be pulling, pushing other people in before themselves. One thing I have learned, if you want a piece of advice, I have learned from interacting with a lot of people. People love themselves. Oh, they love themselves. The most depressed friend you meet is probably the person the most in love with them. That's why they're themselves. That's why they're the most depressed because they spend all day pretending they're the center of the universe. I had a friend that literally was almost gonna commit suicide. His wife left him and immediately they broke up. They actually amicably divorced and then she immediately started dating someone else and he was really felt like their 10 year marriage was a sham and he was mad. I said, you broke the marriage up, number one. Number two, so he, anyway, he was getting almost to the point of suicidal and he went to all these doctors and they were trying psychological techniques and I got him, I never forgot, I said on the phone, he said it cured it instantly. I said, your problem is you think the world revolves around you and therefore every action of your ex-wife you take as a personal affront. And that's why that great book of the day, one of the ones I've talked about before, is called um, the four agreements. And the four agreements to living a better life, you have to agree to do these yourself. Number one or number two is don't take things personally. When people cut you off traffic, they're just trying to get home to their kids 99% of the time. And so it's narcissism. That's why I believe in this train situation that most people are pushing somebody else in. Because when you <laughs> see the train coming and you're like, do I want to go in? And there's just someone, nope. So I don't know the answer to that question. Well, I think in a split moment decision like that, it's your body hits that flight or flight response. And right. it's, it, it's not natural for someone to choose to jump themselves. It's really not. I think there's a very small percentage of the, of the population that would consciously make that decision. Read the book Night by Elie Wiesel, who won a Nobel Prize. If you want to know how people act under extreme circumstances, Elie Wiesel, he won a, a Nobel Prize. Uh, years later after being through the Holocaust. And it's a semi-horrifying book of what people do in terms of resorting to savagery when there's not enough food. and uh, All bets are off. He has stories of fathers, sons killing them. There's a story. I don't know if I want to get this dark with the show, but maybe I already... <laughs> I seem to push all boundaries. There's a story where he was... So he was a relatively young kid and was on the trains being brought to the concentration camps by the Nazis in World War II. And... The Germans occasionally would throw food over because they were on these food and water and nobody had food and water for a long time. They were freezing and they were in these cattle cars and the Germans would do it just for, the Nazis would do it just for fun to see people fight. And he said it was in the middle of the night and the Germans stopped at a train station. Someone threw some bread over and two people in his, um, in his car started fighting and one got on top of the other and wouldn't stop because he was killing the other person so he could have all the bread for himself and the last words of the person getting killed was son it's me i'm your father and the kid the guy didn't care so never all of you who hold yourself to a high moral plane or you're very quick to judge bill clinton donald trump arnold schwarzenegger steroid juice humans have a dark mark twain used to say people are like the moon they have their good side their light side but they all have their dark side so I tend to not be as judgmental just because when you read stories like that, that father and son weren't evil people, but 
the inner animal in human is very strong. So somebody said, so Ty hired a model to boost retention for his live videos. I didn't hire her. She was already over here. So I was like, you want to be on my show? So boom, son. I love people <laughs> and their theories. People have every theory. I need to write down all theories about me. There's so many theories. There's the theory I'm the Illuminati, that the cars are That's rented for the day, that this house is a, a luxury villa you can rent for one day and I rented it for, I mean, there's a lot. I'm sometimes, I'm just gonna compile a book. The imagination of humans. What I wanna tell those people is, bro, use the creativity to come up with a badass entrepreneurial business. Why are you focused on me? It always makes me uncomfortable when men are so focused on other men. Do you have a crush on me or something? Like learn from the books that I talk about and all that stuff, but why, why act? There was this other theory when I got that Lamborghini back there that it was a rental because this guy made this elaborate video. It's my favorite video because I can just see him using all this IQ and brain power. And I was like, this dude's kind of smart. Unfortunately, his premise was wrong. So he goes, there's a piece of plastic on your Lamborghini key, ipso facto. Hey, do you know what ipso facto means? Mm -mm. Anybody here know what ipso facto means? Ipso facto means therefore. And I always say, most people mess up their life in the ipso facto. So they go, I say, you should check out Arnold Schwarzenegger's book, My Life. It's one of the greatest biographies ever, in my opinion, especially for dudes, young guys. And people will be like, well, Arnold Schwarzenegger might be a good bodybuilder, but he did steroids, therefore, I don't want to read. Uh, I was like, you had it all right till you hit the ipso facto, my friend. The second you said, therefore, I shouldn't watch him, that's where you fucked up. And a mind full of conclusions has no room for expansion. So you were right that the Lamborghini has a piece of plastic. You were right that I have a host on here, maybe because it boosts engagement, but more because it's more interesting than me just sitting here. I try to do stuff that I like to do. I'd rather sit and have Bianca on here than just me and five dudes that are in the camera crew. <laughs> <laughs> so ipso facto, if therefore that makes me somehow a bad guy, then go hang out with people that you like. That's always my answer to people. So I've learned with myself, I make that same mistake. Don't do ipso facto so much. You will fail in business. Because remember, I'm in the big bad world of entrepreneurialism and all you do is that think you're tough, Come into this world. I've been in this world since I was 19. This is a man's game. You've got to have thick skin. You have to use all the creativity that you have. And, and let me not say it's a man's game. It's a man or a woman's game, but it's an adult game. There's no childish stuff here. And only a childish person fixates too much. I am too busy in life to think too much about Arnold Schwarzenegger's steroids, to think too much about Bill Clinton's affair with uh, Monica Lewinsky. I don't really care. I got too much to do. I got too many responsibilities. I pay the bills for my 97-year-old grandma and my mom and my uncle and 70 employees in one company and other companies. So my best advice to each of you that are cynics or negative, double down all that creativity into things that benefit you. You know, it's weird that I have to say that, but I do. Anyway, my rant. Did you see Creed? No. Okay, we can't talk about this with you. Um, okay, we're gonna go to YouTube star Miranda Sings gets her own Netflix series. Do you know what's cool about Miranda Sings? Well, she's a she's popular just from her followers on, on YouTube. YouTube. So she's not a professional actress, which is this is new for Netflix. So what this means for all of you who have access to the internet and a phone, you now have the ability to go mainstream. So it's kind of cool. You don't have to come here. You know they used to talk about the casting couch. You gotta come out to Hollywood. You gotta schmooze with people. No, now they come to you because you can be powerful. I remember you know? like a while back, people used to say, oh, followers on social media are like having monopoly money. Like people that are famous. I'm like, not anymore. Yes. Like, there are people starting complete careers and businesses based off social media. I mean, here we are on, well, on social media. Yeah. <laughs> you know where they messed up? Those friends of yours, they messed up in the ipso facto. They said, mm -hmm. you have a lot of social media followers. Social media followers are not yet easy to monetize. Following is not yet easy to monetize. Therefore, it will never be easy to monetize. And if you go back to this book, the contrarian approach, those people who stuck with building their social media when everybody else was talking about not 
being on social media. They went contrarian. They're the ones winning, you know? So sometimes you get to laugh last. Planned Parenthood has filed a lawsuit in San Francisco against anti-abortion extremists for their attempt to demonize the clinic by heavily editing a series of videos that claim to show nego staff negotiating prices for fetal tissue donations. Oof, dare I breach the subject of Planned Parenthood. I feel like I, I already breached so much. Um, hmm. Should I? Let me ask the live viewers. Should we go here or should we just move on? I got somebody in the audience shaking their head. <laughs> this girl looks intelligent and pre pretty. We got to no, move on, go here, go here. Oh, man, we're split 50-50. Uh -oh. All right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to maybe come back to this. We got a 50-50 we situation. Ted Cruz and Donald Trump exchange high-energy gibberish about whether Ted Cruz is American. I gotta love this, man. We got... Uh, isn't that indicative of where politics is now, that they, they name it gibberish? And I'm like, who made that the title of their article? <laughs> Cruz forcefully responded to Trump's accusation that he isn't eligible to be president because he was born in Canada. A tr controversy that Trump has only recently embraced. Did you guys ever see when Trump was trying to say... Obama wasn't from America, and, and Obama recorded that funny spoof where, with um, the Lion King. Oh, if you haven't seen the funniest thing I've ever seen of President Obama is his complete just savagery on Donald Trump. It's funny, man. You don't even have to like Donald Trump or President Obama. It's funny. <laughs> I think... Uh, yeah, we'll move on. Politics always bores me. But I, I'll just move on to another one. Carly Fiorina mocks Hillary Clinton's marriage as debate night begins. Unlike other women in this race, I actually love spending time with my husband. Oof. Ouch. Shots fired. Oh, man. You know, at the end of the day, here's my take on who should be president. Number one, presidents don't matter as much as people think. If you look throughout history, the forces at work that influence your life what actually is going to uh, the next? What's going to affect you for the next four years of the next presidency will be demographic trends that have been put in place twenty years ago. It is not like that. It's not as short cycle as people think. There are short cycles. You know, going back to today's book of the day, Ken Fisher beat the crowd. He goes through here and talks about economic cycles. You can see here if you pick up a copy of the book uh, where he shows you know technical analysis and charts here. On page 248, when Miley Cyrus beats Benjamin Graham, he goes back to 1990 to today. He goes back uh, even further in some of his charts. Money talks and bullshit walks. And it's been this way for a long time. We are talking well before the United States was a country. And presidents matter, but what matters is consumer spending trends. The average age of humans in the country that we're talking about, in this case, the United States. And so a president becomes a figurehead. Now, do I think presidents are important? Yes. I tend to think take a completely different take. For me, the president is much more of the ambassador for the United States. Yeah, I don't think people realize that the president is not, it's not what he says goes. It's, that's right. not the way our That's why every president, works. when they get in, they never can keep their promises. Exactly. And that's expected. And that's why, you know, when there's people like Donald Trump saying all this nonsense, um, people don't realize that he, he really is saying that for media attention. And yes. they're giving him what he wants. And um, I guarantee if someone with such um, extreme things that they ran on for their campaign, like, Putting that into place is not easy as a president. Um, doing anything is not easy as a president because there's checks and balances. Live quote from, St or question from Steve Darakashan on my Facebook Live. You can follow me if you want to jump in. It's on Ty Lopez. I mean, Facebook slash Ty Lopez. Ty, I'm sorry, but I disagree. Obama got me a lot of money back in tax returns and Pell Grants. Bill Clinton's policies stopped my single mother of, or made my... Single mother of five go homeless. Now my family and I make over six figures through our business. So 
there's somebody disagreeing with me, which is good. I always like to dis I like healthy disagreements as long as everybody's open-minded. So yeah, let me be clear. I think that presidents matter somewhat on a one-on-one -on -one basis. The general trend is that what's going to affect you? Because like you said, you started a six-figure business. So it's the consumers that are buying your products, the customers now, that are affecting you much more than the Pell Grants that you got. Not to say that those Pell Grants aren't helpful. So presidents are important. They're not as important, in my opinion, as the average person thinks. That's the answer. I mean, that's my answer. I think it's unfair to blame a president for such specific problems because the people, the way the president got something done is through supporters in Congress that right. the people have direct, they vote for. Yes, you got the House of Representatives, mm -hmm. Senators, so on. Okay. <laughs> uh, <coughs> <laughs> you got to keep that in the video. <laughs> <laughs> All right, lesson. <laughs> do not do your show and drink water and speak simultaneously. <laughs> Somebody put, Ty almost dies. Yes, you are right. I feel like, can you really choke on water? It's dry. Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 but could you choke on a gulp of water? I, I've heard if it goes in your lungs as opposed yeah, to if it in goes your... down the wrong way. Woof. <laughs> that was awesome. JA0428 says, you okay, buddy? I'm here right now. <laughs> More Somebody now. says, yes, Ty, you can drink by, uh, you can drive by drinking. Someone says, yo, man, is that vodka? <laughs> <laughs> I don't love vodka. <laughs> Interesting. Record-breaking $1.6 billion Powerball lottery tickets won by three people, an eye-popping and unprecedented Powerball jackpot, whose rise to $1.6 billion became a national fascination, will be split three ways. One Floridian, somebody from Tennessee, and someone from L.A. Woof! The winners of the world record jackpot overcame odds of 1 to 292 million. The number was 4, 8, 19, 27, 34, and Powerball 10. Who here knows anything about numerology? I'm sure there's some. People always accuse me of being in the Illuminati. What do those numbers mean? Let's try to figure this out. 4 plus 8 is 12. 1 plus 2 is 3. Plus 4, 13, 15, 22, 20. 5, 29, 30, uh, 29, 39, which is 12, which is 3. So there you go. 3 is the root of $1.6 billion. <laughs> so whatever you do every day, uh, do it in threes. It's actually funny. In public speaking, for those of you who want to be better at speaking, a tool that I learned from comedians, it's called the rule of three. Tell things in three. So if you're I've always been told that You've been too. told that too? Mm -hmm. So when I say something, I'll be like, today I'm coming. Like, I spoke at Nick, Nick Unsworth's Ignite uh, conference today. Ignite Your Fire. Ignite Your Fire, it was called. Life on, Life on Fire. And I spoke there, and I gave three points. And people like that. So not only would three help you be a public, greater public speaker, but it's the root of $1.6 billion. Woof. Um, <laughs> Miss Washington, USA... Or, or somebody, now you won Miss California. This is Miss California Teen USA. What year was that? I was 2014. 2014. Yes. Why did you look like you were? Not sure. I, I've I had other titles before that. Oh, so. she, had a, she got so many titles, dude. She's like, let me pull out my bling ring. And like, you don't always necessarily win in the year that your title says, so. Oh. It, it can be, because like the year that you're mostly representing. Did so. Steve Harvey announce yours? He did not, basically <laughs> for me. <laughs> Somebody said we got, one. I354 said, humble brag. Not sure what that be. Oh, humble brag, I know what that is. This is a cynic going, whenever people say anything about themselves, it annoys me. Don't be that guy. You take, you're taking all that creativity that you write humble brag. You should have come up with a new business idea already. So this person who won the pageant, I think it's Miss Washington, mm -hmm. she had a scandal that she did not disclose a drunk driving conviction before the pageant. I want people to remember some of the things they did at 20. We all do stupid things. Should she have lost her title just because she got, what do you think? She had a DUI before. Yeah, so <laughs> um, obviously a lot of my Facebook friends are 
pageant people. And yep. there was a change uh, petition going around having, and people were signing it asking her to resign um, or have pageant officials take away her title. And again, people focusing on negativity, if they put that energy into something more productive, that probably would have been better. Um, and I understand the premise of the petition was they, you know, as a pageant holder, title holder, you're a role model. And But are you really? Is the world just go around to kid? This isn't 1939 where, you know, leave it to Beaver 1950s where people were like, you know who I look, there's not a kid in America who goes, you know who I look up to? Mrs. America or something. Come on, people look up to other people. No, and I, I completely agree. And I think being a role model is kind of a brownie point of competing for a pageant. Do I think that's why people compete for pageants? That may be why they say they compete. Yeah. Um, but I do think the reason for competing is always self-interested. Like most things. <laughs> yeah. Sylvester Stallone said he finally made a film. His daughter's like, I recommend everybody go see Creed. I got a cool video uh, that... I'm co it's coming out. I took the office to go see Creed. Everywhere was pumped up, boy. You come out of there, people want a box. I went to watch one of the UFCs, and my friend who, owns, who owned the bar, he's like, there's so many fights the night of a UFC thing. I have to have double the bouncers. <laughs> uh, you know why? Because every dude sees that and becomes a hero. It's kind of like comments on the internet. Everybody's tough behind their you know, YouTube yeah. comment or Facebook comment. Let's take some questions live. This looks like Between Two Ferns, Ty. Jodeci Zoe. Yeah, I'm gonna call this Between Two Ferraris. Between Two Cars. Between Two Exports. Man, Ty's burning everyone tonight, Phage Finder says. I'm not trying to burn everybody, but sometimes at some point you just have to look at the world and be like, let's all step up our game. When the average IQ being used by people is well below their potential. I think it's okay to call people out and be like, come on now. The dumbing down of the world is a real phenomenon. If you don't believe me, go look at how people used to write in the 1800s. Have you ever seen Abraham Lincoln's letters? He was using words we don't even know anymore. He was using, and his opening, it was like, hitherto and therefore and such. And that. I mean, now people are like, yo, yo, yeah. Four score and seven years ago, the Emancipation Proclamation. People now don't even, can't even, what was the last time you met somebody who used that many syllables? Emancipation Proclamation. Now people are like, bay. That's my bay. Bay. Three letters are the most. So I, I there's, you know, I want to. You, every one of us has to fit in somewhat. You need to fit into society to a point. But I think you fit, you fit in in those areas that make sense to fit in. Like, you, you, it's okay. We live in a world where we don't dress like people did Roman times. You don't need to wear a toga to work. You're going to get fired. It's okay to follow the trends of wearing pants and wearing a tie. But there's some things that... We can, like today's book of the day, beat the crowd. You can push the limits and you can challenge people. I, that's, that's what I think. Someone, Jared Cornell said, the deliberate dumbing down of America. Kenneth Flea says, Ty, I despise the term bay. James Schluster says, I want to hear that car hum. If you guys want to see some of that behind the scenes, make sure you just follow me on Snapchat. Ty Lopez and the number one, numero uno. We're getting close to the end. We ain't cool. Quote of the day. Did you send it to me? Put it on a little piece of paper. Oh, lesson of the day. I forgot my lesson of the day. Oh, and Adele. Did you guys see Adele got an extra... How many million views was it on that video? 20 million or something? It was a lot. 2 million. She put a little car karaoke. Pretty funny. There is a speaker... There is a writer. His name is... Going back to this increasing your IQ, he says the single factor that raises people's incomes when they did studies among multiple factors was increasing your vocabulary. The average poor person uh, has whatever, 400 words they use. And the average person who is successful has, I forget what it was, 10,000 or 5,000. Now, it could be causation versus correlation. 
but I think there's a little bit of both. Somebody said, Ty, you're ratchet for calling Adele ratchet. I didn't call Adele ratchet. What are you talking about? You're not listening very well. Damn. That, okay. Which, great segue. We didn't even plan that. Thank you for that. We are talking about my lesson for the day. We're going to close on this. My rant for the day, you might call it. Slow learners. I alluded to this at the beginning of the call. If you consider yourself a slow learner, then, now it could be for various reasons. You could be born dyslexic. You could be, have learning disabilities, whatever it might be. Try to minimize them. And a great example of this is Richard Branson, who's now the famous billionaire at Virgin. He says, he, when he was 15, he found out he was dyslexic. But he knew to be successful in business, he had to be able to handle numbers. And so he just focused more on overcoming that particular uh, area of difficulty. And now he's one of the wealthiest people of all time. So slow learning, for whatever reason, I find most people are slow learners primarily because of what I call acquiescence. We just kind of go, mm, somebody told me I was a slow learner, so therefore I'm going to accept it. Don't accept it any more than you would accept being a smelly person. If you stink, then you might have some gland problems. You might have, you know, a little more uh, BO naturally. Scrub yourself in the shower 10 times harder than everybody else because nobody wants to be around a person who smells bad. In the same way, if the greatest curse or the most powerful curse I could put on anybody or the most powerful blessing, besides the obvious, like a disease or something, is the greatest, the worst curse someone could ever say to you, you is, I curse you to learn nine times slower than everybody else. Think about that. The greatest blessing, and I picked nine because I saw that in that movie, Joy, thought it made sense. The greatest blessing would be for everything you touch, whether it be Snapchat, first time you picked up Snapchat, Snapchat. first time you picked up uh, a book to read a book on, let's say this book on investing. If what you were friends took nine hours to read that book, if you could read it in one hour. Imagine that. If the average entrepreneur takes 12 to 20 years to be a millionaire, the average self-made millionaire took 12 to 20. What if you could do that nine times faster? That's, you know, one and a half to three years. And I'm not saying you always can. There's some things that can't be sped up. But at the end of the day, this should be a hardcore focus of yours. Now, how do you accomplish it? Going back to the law of three, how many points am I going to give, Bianca? Three. How'd you know that? Magic. You're so psychic today. <laughs> Number one way is realize the penalty for being a slow learner. And here's the penalty. You will become a millionaire at age 150. So you have two choices. You can learn how to become a millionaire or whatever. Let's not even use the word millionaire. Financially healthy. The average person is never financially healthy in the United States. The average person, young or old, struggles their whole life financially. But if they lived a little longer, another 80 years, 70 years, they would be able to pull it off. But art is long and life is short. It's one of the most ancient sayings. I think it's Plato, Socrates, Aristotle, Oracle, Delphi. So you don't want to be 150 and accomplished your goal. So once you realize the pain point in terms of not overcoming slow learning, you'll be a lot more motivated by realizing, ooh, I'm gonna get what I want and I'll be too old to enjoy it. Number two, the practical way you cut the learning curve is, if you guys have seen my TEDx talk, the law of 33%. So one of the quickest ways is by simply uh, identifying the 33% I'm sorry, uh, using 33% of your time to be around people you identified as 20 years ahead of you. So you learn from their mistakes. So what, when they're 60 and successful and you're 20 or 10 or 30, you go, I'm going to put it on hyperdrive by reverse engineering what they did to be successful at 60 because you don't want to be successful at 60 if you're 20. Now, you're not going to get it overnight, but you don't want to have to take as long. And every generation should get faster at learning. 
fathers should learn slower than their kids because their current kids, if they're smart, get to listen to the fathers or mothers, right? But that's not actually what happens, which brings us to point number three. Your number one enemy is what I have in the 67 steps as point, one of the main points, a top five point. It's humility that makes people learn fast. And so when I meet somebody and I say, how many books did you read this year? And they're like, oh, I read five. I'm like, you're that cocky that you think you have so much time and that all the accomplishments and knowledge and lessons of other people is you spit on them. You're just like, I don't need those. Well, people don't overtly say that, but that's what you um, subconsciously are projecting when you say, I'm not willing to be humble enough to learn. So the humble inherit the earth, the meek inherit the earth. And it's not how people think. It's not the humility that most people think. So we all have friends that are, I call it outward humility, but inner cockiness. You want to be outwardly cocky. Like Michael Jordan was cocky. In basketball, there's a great book about Michael Jordan by a guy known him Roland Lazenby. And the greatest chapters in the beginning there where he was, Michael Jordan played under Coach Dean Smith at University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill. And Dean Smith said, of every player I've ever had, Michael Jordan listened the most. So Phil Jackson, who was a 13, he has, I think Phil Jackson has 12 or 13 rings. Is it 12? I think 11 as a, as a coach and two as a player. The most winning coach slash player in NBA history, I believe. He said Michael Jordan listened more than all the other players, even though Michael Jordan wasn't even a basketball player. At Michael Jordan's peak, he was a god among men. He was a titan. Yet he was the first one, 13, 11, oh, 09 as a player and two as a coach. Two as a player. Nine. Yeah, nine as coach. Not 11, sorry. But to have that level of humility and closing story on that, we'll wrap up today's show. A week ago, I went to the AFI Awards. It's just a luncheon. It's like a very cool private thing. So it's not like I went to the Golden Globe after party, which is not the same. There's, million, there's a ton of people in red carpets. This one is an insider Hollywood one. So I was at the, I was basically, it was like I was standing there and I looked around me and I looked at mine. I was like, is this real? Because it was Steven Spielberg, J.J. Abrams, Ridley Scott, Steve Carell, John Hamm, Ryan Gosling, uh, Christian Bale, Aziz Zari, O'Shea Jackson, Vince Gill, every studio head, most powerful people in media, without a doubt, actors, A-list actors, and, and producers and directors. So I walked up and I was talking to Steven Spielberg. So I talked to, after I talked for a little bit, I said, and I'm gonna release a little video. I got some of it on video. You don't wanna just go up to Steven Spielberg like that with a camera, but Maya took some covert uh, footage because people are gonna be like, I don't believe you. I got so many cynics, I'm like, film this crap so people will believe. He said to me, as I was doing a selfie of us, I know how to burst real fast. I like have my own little techniques for selfie. And this is with Steven Spielberg. I, walk, I started to walk away. Steven Spielberg reaches out to me and goes, oh, wait, oh, how do you do that so fast? And all I thought, it was like mind blown. I wanted to faint and go, wait a second. The, without a doubt, great, I mean, I don't know who wants to argue, but he made a billion dollars as a director, writer, producer. Steven Spielberg's, George Lucas, Francis Ford, I mean, these are the pinnacle of all time. And where does his mind go first? This is the key point for you to take away. Where did his mind go? You see, and it was the truth. Everybody can be humble when they get a lot of time to build up to it. But Steven Spielberg's instant instinct was, I don't care if I'm a billionaire and this Thai guy is in, holding an iPhone, I'm gonna immediately ask him. Now, let's juxtapose that, let's compare that. All the time, I get people that have never done jack shit and I talk about this in the 67 steps, they are proud of what they had not yet accomplished, which really makes me wanna weep. I'm like, how are you proud? Imagine, you know, I grew up playing a lot of basketball in the projects. If you walk up in the projects to play basketball and you say, all right, everybody step aside, I am on the court. I'm gonna tell you this, 
you better back it up because if you, now if they say to you, oh, you can ball and you're like, no, I haven't learned yet, but soon I'm gonna be good at this. You don't even know me, dude. I'm an optimist, everything I do, I touch my, they're gonna be like, get the fuck out of here and knock you out. Literally, you're gonna, you're gonna get shot. And that's how people I meet as entrepreneurs. I say to them, my first question is, how many books you read on being an entrepreneur? Oh, I read one a month and I'm going, well, Warren Buffett, made $70 billion and he feels that he needs to read 800 pages a day. But you, who's never made jack shit, you only need one book a week, right? But this dude thinks he needs 800 pages. Who's cocky outwardly versus inwardly? Who's proud of what they haven't yet accomplished? So please, everybody on this call, be like Steven Spielberg. Never be afraid, it doesn't matter how it makes you look. You see somebody doing something awesome, go, ooh, how'd you do that? Don't worry if it's gonna make you somehow feel that your status has gone down or anything like that. It doesn't. At the end of the day, I told you, money talks, bullshit walks. Nobody's laughing at Steven Spielberg. He made a billion dollars. He could come and be like, dude, can I have an appointment with you so I can learn the iPhone? Nobody's, he's not gonna be on TMZ. And they're gonna be like, look at this Steven Spielberg guy asking questions. No, 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 no. Money talks, and I don't literally mean money. I mean accomplishments talks. So go out and accomplish a lot. And until you get to the very pinnacle, always stay full blast humble. You, do, you can be like Michael Jordan and talk a little crap and be a little, you can like, you said you like a little swag in a man. You can have swag. You can be like Jimmy Butler told me at the Playboy Mansion where he said, you know, what do you mean I'm good? That's all okay, but never take yourself too seriously. Yay, nay? Agreed. Do you agree? I do. Who has a last question for Bianca live? Let's see, pull this up. Oh, yeah, I'll do that after that. What do you think? It's a quote. I can't read too far. Really? What's your Instagram? My Instagram, my, yeah. my Instagram is just my name, Bianca Vieira. Bianca, and then it's V-I-E-R-R-A. Yes. Bianca Vieira. It's like <laughs> Vieira. She's part Portuguese, yeah. part, you're what, Italian, right? Um, Irish, German, Portuguese, and Peruvian. Oh yeah, Peruvian, that's it. Mm -hmm. Ty, uh, Bianca, what's your favorite car of Ty's? My favorite car. Well, You've only been in the Ferrari. Yeah, that's true. I've only been in the red one. I like the way the black one looks personally, but. <laughs> I know the red's the favorite. <laughs> Ty, did you ever get shot at playing basketball? Dude, I have to remember, I have a lot of crazy <laughs> stories playing basketball, man. So, when I was five, I saw someone get shot in the heart right next to me with my mom. That was the first time I got shot. I've seen people get shot more than once, but that was the first. I'll never forget that. Uh, that was in LA, in the ghetto. Some guy just hit right in the heart, right next to me. And my mom, we're standing right there. This dude just goes down. And my mom's like, we thought it was a, it, almost gunshots sound like car exhaust going off. So my mom looked down and was like, what is that? And this dude, if you ever see, it's not like the movies when someone gets shot in the heart, my friend. Blood comes out everywhere. Eyes, ears. I will never forget that little kid. Everywhere. And then, yeah, so don't get shot if you can. It's not a pretty sight. <laughs> Ty, the status thing is right. Ty, besides reading, how do you keep your mind sharp? Dude, I do three days a week of brain training. Don't just get a six pack, working on my six pack here. Get a six pack of the brain, pays off for longer. You wanna have both, but, so I do Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Saturdays. I'm getting ready to launch a new program. So watch for it. Um, and, and I'm gonna show you how to do some brain training. I do chess, I do reading, of course. I do language training. I play musical ends. I play the piano primarily. Uh, I do math training. I got a physicist that comes. So yeah, somebody said, Bianca, do you like swag? Because I'm a swag bear. Okay. Good to know. Good to know. <laughs> Those lines ain't working, man. Those lines ain't working. You need to give a class on like dating and. Yeah. We'll get, let you give that class. Oh, Woman. Uh... You can't be saying swag bear. <laughs> the new program, is it brain training? No, the new program I'm coming out with is training mind-body. You want to balance mind-body. Because women, for those of you guys, and for those of you who are guy, uh, women, 
whatever you want, male or female, both of them are attracted to brains and body. Let's be honest here. People like both. It's in our DNA. No one wants a moron and nobody wants somebody who's in horrible shape. So this program will be the first of its kind to address the double angle. I had a P90X guy was here training me yesterday. Was that yesterday? God, sometimes my life is a freaking whirlwind. Tony Horton was here. He, eight million people bought his P90X. He's a cool trainer, man. Okay, I think we're gonna peace out. Oh, my quote of the day. I'm gonna leave you with a quote of the day. This was on my Twitter. Find that one thing that annoys you about yourself. Just focus on fixing that one thing. So everybody watching this, here's your homework. What's that one little thing? I'm gonna ask Bianca, what's that one little thing you wanna improve about yourself? It could be teeny. Man, um, there's a lot of little things. I'd let's pick like, one right now. Let's see. No wrong one, answers. One, one, one. I wish I was better at getting up earlier in the morning. Okay. Yeah, I'm not good at that. I'll set an alarm to go to the gym and then I wake up and I'm like, eh. <laughs> now let me give you that advice. Here's my <laughs> advice. Really on <laughs> Just don't go to the gym in the morning. Go later. <laughs> That's my advice. Don't try to fix yeah. that one too much. Mine is, I'm focused 2016 on mastering a nap. The power nap. Every time I take a power nap, I'm like, dude, I need to do this every day. You feel so good as long as it's not too long. Are like, you capable of power naps? Oh, yeah. Just set the alarm for 28 minutes. 18 to yeah. 28 minutes. That's what they found. 18 minimum, 28. NASA gets their astronauts. They found that 18 to 28 minute is like a badass time frame. So that's mine. I can't fall asleep if I know I only have that amount of time. No, you will because you'll get good at it. It's like anything. You practice. Good night, everybody. In parting, somebody said, awesome, Ty. This is Sacred Mixture, says, I'm on step 21 of the 67 Steps, amazing program. Go in the 67 Steps. If you're not in there, I'm not just saying that because I built that, although I am partial to it because I built it, but it's what my five mentors taught me. Um, and I put it all into, I started with 300 lessons they taught me. I figured that was too much. So I put it into 67 because that's the minimum number that most people need to form new habits. So it's all about forming new habits to live the good life. So it's on tylopez.com. You'll see a little link, 67 steps. Um, you know, I'm thinking possibly of taking that program down if I launch this new program eventually. So grab it. I've had almost 80,000 people went in in 2015. First video has about 70,000 positive comments. Not bad for reviews, right? If you went to Amazon and a book had 70,000, would you buy it? So. This one did pretty good. So tylopez.com slash, uh, or just go there and you'll see the 67 steps link. The other thing is follow me on Snap because I'm doing all kinds of crazy crap. It's tylopez, the number one, Snapchat. If you don't have Snapchat, come on, let's get with the program. That's what my <laughs> first mentor used to tell me. He was a hard teacher, Joel Salatin. People are like, sometimes, Ty, you're rough on people. I'm like, no, you don't know what rough is, my friend. You don't know because I've had rough mentors that pull no punches. And sometimes he would just tell me, he go, get with the program. And sometimes I look back and I go, thank God he said that. Because the whole world is in a fog. They're in a haze. I'm like, if not now, when? You think you're going to live forever? No one lives forever, my friend. So knock it out as a fast learner, not a slow learner. So Snapchat is Ty Lopez in the number one. Also, Facebook um, is just Ty Lopez. I got a verified page so you can see me. Instagram's Ty Lopez. They're all Ty Lopez, but for Snapchat, some joker took Ty Lopez, so I haven't been able to get it yet. So it's Ty Lopez in the number one, but Facebook, Twitter, Insta, uh, Periscope, all those, it's just Ty Lopez. Also, get on my book of the day thing. For all of you slow readers, go to tylopez.com and put your email in. I give you free book summaries. So I read for you, it's a pretty good deal. Are you on my book day? I am not, but that sounds interesting. I didn't know. Who's, who's humble in this room? Bianca. To be honest. Bianca. <laughs> All right. Did you, did you huh. Oh yeah, let me Snapchat. Oh no, but I can't snap. I'm, let me shut off. All right. No, no, but I have it in here. So I'll just shut off Facebook. And then I'm gonna Snapchat. Good call. Thank you, Sean. I like it, you did. So we had 6,700 people watch. Plus, so we had live audience of 72, 
plus Periscope is probably a thousand. So we had about 8,000 people watching live. So Jimmy Kimball, eat your heart out. You ain't have 8,000 people in your audience now, do you? See the power of the internet. I like that, Adrian. No, I like Jimmy Kimball, Jimmy Fallon. They're badasses. Doing my live show here in the garage. I got Bianca, got my film crew, <laughs> and we're filming. 8,000 people were on live. Let me post this. So we just recorded an hour-long show. It'll be on my YouTube and my podcast, talking about all kinds of crazy stuff, talking about the book of the day, how to be a better investor, Donald Trump, lottery. Boom. So those of you watching, I will talk to you guys soon. Somebody said, Ty, there's only 175. That's only on Periscope. I'm on, we're streaming from three places, Facebook Live, Periscope, and Meerkat. So Facebook's the biggest one. It's pretty cool. Talk to you guys soon. Bye-bye.